Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Rangers Ravel podcast on the eve of our Clash of the Titans UEFA Champions League playoff qualifier against a woman scorned in PSV. Can Michael Beale's side put one foot in the Champions League group stages with a good result tomorrow night? Uh, we'll also look back on a weekend where we found out uh, the League Cup quarterfinal isn't for everyone. Uh, and also we will take your calls because it's Monday night, it's the, it's the phone-in, it's the best night of the week. Um, so 0141 628 7237. Uh, when the phone lines are open, the phone number will draw across the bottom of the screen. Um, obviously, get your comments in as well. We are on YouTube, so it's a like and subscribe, all the usual nonsense. Uh, and look at this panel, a plethora of beauty. Um, podcast legend, Lee Wright's in the house. Lee, how are we doing? Not bad, mate. Just trying to get used to all these features again. Uh, I've not been on this for a while, so everything looks proper alien to me. Trying to get back into it. Well, listen, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's great to have you on. You have been missed by me, certainly. Um, Lewis, you're becoming a fan's favourite. How are we getting on the right, all right? I don't know about a fan's favourite, but I'm definitely a regular. Uh, I can't before the storm no more, so jumping in the bit to get in there. Listen, brilliant. And Connor, a new face on the podcast. Connor, is this the first time you've been on live on YouTube? It is, yes. I have done a couple of audios over the weekend, but this is my first uh, live YouTube, so looking forward to it. You had a glowing rendition from Wilf Marshall earlier on, so um, that'll do for me. We're expecting big things from you today. On, in for the off, um, delighted to have you on. So, yeah, get your comments in as well, guys. Uh, it's been a great weekend in, in terms of um, Sunday. Um, looking forward to tomorrow night as well. Uh, I think only one place to start um, is, the, is the manager's presser today. Um, Louis, uh, I'll come to you. Michael Beale kind of came out. I got the vibe he kind of came out fighting a wee bit. Um, there was some some stuff he said where he maybe felt that uh, about the the attack, about the, the the players that we've lost, and obviously about tomorrow night. Um, do you think that's he, he kind of feels like he's under pressure? Do you think he's feeling that wee bit? I think so. I, I think um, it's probably the first time in his tenure that that we've seen him with a bit of emotion, a bit of bite about his comments, you know, even in the, I just watched the, the training video there, and he seems to be a lot more intense, and, and he's, he's um, directions towards the players, he's he's always been somebody that's quite a hands-on coach, you know, one of the, the big factors of him coming back was how good a coach he was, but he seems to be really intensifying his communication with the players, which I think is necessary, because one of the things he's been blighted with is maybe... Um, being a wee bit powder puff when it comes to you know sitting down with his hands in his pockets when he should be standing up screaming at players and it's about picking and choosing when to do that of course but it's definitely a bit he needed to improve on and he should have a feel a wee bit of pressure I mean every single game's pressure but this is do or die tomorrow for for a lot of fans I'm not in that camp personally but you see it all on Twitter now there's already people out for his head so um, I think it's absolutely imperative that we have a, a very, very good performance. It doesn't necessarily need, need to be a fucking 4 or 5 no win, but it's, it's it needs to show some improvement, definitely. Lee, Michael Beale alluded to the fact that we still need to be in the tie when we go over to Holland. Um, there was a sort of a little nod to the, the Europa League being a, maybe a safety blanket, however. Players have been sort of sold the dream of coming to Ibrox for a chance at you know Champions League football. It's where the players want to be, he said. Touched a little bit on the finances, but more importantly, these players in his squad want to be Champions League players. How important could that be in terms of driving them on tomorrow night? 
Mate, I thought it was a wee bit weird to me. He's kind of interviewed today because he's. I don't like this term safety blanket because we shouldn't really have a safety blanket getting into these games. He's talking about how these players, it's their dream to come to Ibrox and play Champions League games. But then he might, he might be right, mate. He might be right, kind of being a bit, you know, just trying to keep the expectations low and speaking about how we need to be in the tie. But we shouldn't really be thinking about that. We're going to the home tie, mate. We shouldn't at all. We showed last year we were more than capable from at home. I thought we should have beat them at home last year. So it kind of be like, still need to be in the tie. I can understand it to an extent. It doesn't fill you much with confidence if that's what you're telling the players for me. You're like, oh, just make sure you're still on the tie. No, you don't say that. We've got a full crowd at Ibrox tomorrow night, mate. You know, that's 12th man straight away. So we should be going out and absolutely battling them tomorrow. And I might be a wee bit more pedantic at the chat or during the day. I mean, we're nervous during the day. We know that in front of a live audience. We'll get the battle fever back on, mate. And like that. We should be absolutely scudding them. So. Listen, I'm sharing that enthusiasm. Didn't even take five minutes and already my shackles up. I love that. Connor, I'm going to come to you. Um, this one's been billed as a, as a grudge match, a revenge match. Michael Beale tried to play that down, saying that him and, and obviously Peter, Mr. PSV manager, uh, uh, are, are new to the game and you know they weren't there last season. There's a lot of new players involved. That won't stop this being, being, a, being a grudge match, will it? No, absolutely not, no. Uh, you know, they might be new to the game and they might not have been there last year, but Every single fan of both clubs was there last year. Um, you know, for them, obviously, they're going to want to get through. They're going to want to uh, get one back over on us. We us having beaten them last year. Um, for us, you know, a, a bit like the guys are saying, it, it's all about, you know, just make sure tomorrow night we get the right result. Um, ideally, if we, if you could take a two-goal lead over there, I think you'd be absolutely over the moon. Um, because a one-goal lead... It's a very slender lead to take to a place like that. Um, and we saw last season, you know, it was uh, Tony Cholak who got the goal to send us through. He's obviously no longer at the club. So we're looking for, you know, Dessers or Danilo or Lammers or, or anybody else to have that Cholak moment um, to get his right up for the tie. Because for me, the idea, and I, I mentioned this earlier on the daily, you know, you can't be having conversations about Europa League safety blankets. You know, the fact he's talking about it in a press conference, I'm sorry, you've got to be sitting out your stall straight away and saying, forget that, part that. We're not interested in the Europa League. We want the Champions League. You know, you don't look at that or talk about that until such time as that becomes the reality. Um, whilst we're still in the Champions League, that's where the focus is for me. Um, and I think with every chance that we, we can do it, if we turn up and take our chances tomorrow, Listen, the phone lines are open now, 0141 628 7237. Pick up, get involved. You know, lads are here to have your say. Um, Lewis, I'll come back to you. Just listen, a lot of comments coming about Yanis Hadji, and I'm just going to keep a powder dry on that for a wee moment. <coughs> I've got a I want to get to before we sit a deep dive into, into Yanis's situation. It is the elephant in the room. We are going to get to it. Uh, but just on what Connor was saying there about, you know, Adessas or a Danilo popping up, Michael Beale did allude to their numbers early doors. Um, are you buying into that? No, no. He needs to say that. He's, he's, um, these are guys that he's put his neck in the line for with relatively high transfer fees in Rangers terms. So if they don't work, it's on him. Um, now, I, I maybe know as much in your camp, Robert, for the, the Dessers hunt uh, for his head, but I actually think he had a much better game. I was, I was at Ibrox and you, you get to see a lot more um, at, at the stadium that you do on the telly and his movement has improved tenfold. His, his touch is still no fully there. But do you know what? In fairness to the big man and his presser, he actually admitted that he's probably about 80% fitness. So he's he's quite self-aware. He seems like a quite intelligent guy. He's pretty self-aware of where he is at the moment and that he's not quite hitting the heights that is expected to him. Um, but he's definitely improving. Like I said, his movement was much better. And it's a goal and an assist. And to be honest, they should have had two goals and an assist because that first goal being chopped off was an absolute disgrace. So there's signs that they're all improving. That, that's what we just need to focus on. I know it's, you need to be a bit negative and realistic at times, but when you get into a, a fixture like this and more, you need to have some, some uh, resemblance of positivity and... I think that comes from the fact that there's definitely improvement coming for these guys. Like Danilo as well, he was outstanding when he came on. He was absolutely brilliant. And I actually said that um, in the Servette game, he struggled in that second tie because he was up there himself. Now, I don't think that can happen again. I don't think he's got it on his locker to be that that sole striker. But when he's got somebody up there to support him, he's, he's honestly, he's unbelievable. He's mercurial. He's so hard to pick up. 
and that finish as well was brilliant for him. So like I said, it's, it's improvement. There's definite improvement. So that's the, the main positive I'd be taking away from it. Listen, I will say, you know, I'm going to a lot of, of tongue-in-cheek comments about Cyril Dessers, and I maybe have been a, a wee bit heavy-handed in terms of some of the stuff I've said. However, I do agree. I thought the weekend he was a bit better. Uh, the one that he takes on his left and sort of spins and um, as a shot at straight at the keeper was was nice. Um, and I do agree, probably should have had um, his first goal as well. I thought it was a bit soft. Um, so, yeah, maybe warming to Cyril Dessers, all right. Uh, Lee, I'll come to you on Yanis Hadji. Um, it is a, a massive, massive... Um, you know, subject at the moment. You know, Yanis has come in at the weekend, and I thought personally was was the best player on the park in the, in the camera that he had. He was making things happen. He was being really positive. Uh, it was a strong performance from him. Then he has his comments post match, and then obviously we, we, we see he's been taken out of the European squad. So where does it where does it the sort of the future lie from Yanis Hadji? Is it, is it definitely away from Ibrox now? Can I just say oh, before we can in that that we have a poll running on YouTube. Uh, will Yanis Hadji leave Rangers before the end of the transfer window? So if people can vote on that, um, we will reveal the results of that at the end of the show. Sorry, Lee. Carry on. No, bro, he's gone that class. Too professional for me, mate. I've been gone for six months here now, and it's just an absolute complete different setup. Uh, Hadji, I mean, his career lies away from Ibrox. And it's a strange one for me speaking about it because if you look back at the chat for the last year, I'm pretty sure me and Stu have been campaigning. The only ones campaigning for him, I think, can I sell him on? One, because I think he's one of your main sellable assets. So if you're trying to bring a bit of money back in, then he'd be one of the players you could get. You look at Galatasaray, you look at his name alone. There was talks that he could go back to Galatasaray. Well, he could go to Galatasaray based on sentimentality. Uh, don't think he's good enough for his going forward, but it's a weird situation that we're in that I feel myself siding with him over Bill, and I don't know if it's just... I'm kind of a bit annoyed at Bill Danu just with the kind of start to the season we've had. But uh, I'd, I'd love to do it more. If he came on on Saturday and had an absolute stinker and provided nothing, and taking into account, fair enough, it was lesser opposition in terms of our league doing and Morton. But I, mean, I thought he came on and he, was, he offered something different than any other player in that park. Uh, showed a bit of determination, which there's a few of the players that just haven't they showed up yet. Like, you Compare him, I'm pretty sure Bill said in his interview, he's got Cantwell and Lammers ahead of him. Cantwell, I can understand, but Lammers so far for me, mate, has not done anything to prove to me that he's better than Hadji. And it's a strange one as well, because I, he was the player I was most excited for coming out after the pre-season. I thought he was brilliant. Does that just maybe like highlight the fact that he's maybe not a player suited to the league? Because it was all against opponents that nowhere in the league. So it, I don't know what to think yet, because I think Hadji could be more suited to a more central role. If you're talking about using competition with uh, Cantwell and Lammers, you could Cantwell push Cantwell further up, where we've all heard that apparently Cantwell's had word with Bill already about wanting to play further forward. So if that's true, then there's your perfect solution for it, is you push Cantwell a bit further up, put Hadji in that midfield where he's allowed to dictate stuff, because he is one of the only players that we've got who can pick that sort of pass. Because we, I, I couldn't tell you, mate, any other player in our squad that's got that kind of eye for a pass. Maybe Cifuentes, but we've obviously not seen enough of him yet. So if he's in direct rival with Fuentes, I could maybe understand that a bit more. But it is, mate, it's, just, it's a weird one. It is a weird one for me because, like I was saying, I've been kind of campaigning to sell him on for a while. And now that it looks like he's got him, I'm a wee bit hesitant to. Listen, I, I just I want to clear something up. Like, I've got no minutes at the Suntan place. Um, I, I've, I've not been in there for some time. I had a nice wee trip a couple of weeks ago. I'm still glowing for that. Um, if you want to buy me some minutes happily, I'll, I'll get down there. I'll sponsor a Suntime shop if they're looking for that as well. Um, options are open. Get in the, in the comments with Martin as well. So, no, I'll come to you, uh, Connor, because Lee makes some good points about Yanis Hadji. Um, and I think it, I'm, I'm on that side as well. I don't know if you watched anyone watch the reaction show. Um, I was saying beforehand that I thought his, his, his time was probably better served away from, from Rangers. But then he comes on and the, and the, uh, the, the reaction I'm saying... That, he needs to stay. We need to say he's better than Sam Lammers. The manager's now saying today, Cantwell, Lammers, and even threw in um, Tom Lawrence as well, Connor. So it seems to me that there's something going on in the background. The manager alluded to that with Yanis and his agent. Um, is, is the writing on the wall? Yeah, I think it's beginning to look that way increasingly because, you know, the strange thing for me, listening to his press conference today, he said that he's got a strong um, personal relationship with Yanis Hadji. Um, now that that may have been the case obviously he was there when Hadji first got brought into the club under Stephen Gerrard 
um, so they, they, they will know each other well. But given what's been going on in, in the current sort of circumstances, um, you, you wouldn't know that they had a, any kind of personal relationship because you've you seen it with like Sir uh, Gerard had a close relationship with Goldson and, and Tavernier and he backed his men, you know, even when we were all screaming at times that Goldson needed to be dropped or Tavernier needed to be arrested for Nathan Patterson or whoever else at the time, Gerard stood by his men um, and that, I think, spurred them on in a lot of ways as well. Beal, it seems, has got his players in his mind that he's going to play. I think the new guys that have come in, you know, the Cantwells, the Fuentes, Dills, I think he's already decided that they're all going to be in front of Yanis Hadji. So if that's going to be the case, then I don't see how it's good for any, you know, party to keep him there. Because if we're not going to play him, get him out the door then and, and, you know, get him off the wage bill. Um, if we are going to play him, then we need to start playing him now. Because to me, after what he said at the weekend and the performance he put in at the weekend, to then drop him the day without giving any real, in my opinion, decent explanation for why he made that decision, you're just leaving it open to this speculation. And that's that's no healthy at all. No, yeah, it's not healthy. You're right there. Lewis, just, just on the... the, the it seems to be a, a bit of a, a contradiction in terms of Giannis is saying he's... He's training at 100%. He's fit. He's ready to go. And then Michael Beale sits saying, well, he's coming back for a serious injury. He's not at optimum fitness. There seems to be a sort of, as I say, a, a button of heads in terms of is he fit and is he ready to play? I mean, I think that might just be Michael Beale looking for a bit of an excuse, to be honest, to justify the, the decision that he's made and take him out of the European squad. I, I'm maybe leaning towards the camp that is a bit of pettiness, to be honest, because... Rabbi Matondo's had one good performance. Yanis Hadji's had one good performance, but Rabbi Matondo has never had anything else before that. Yanis Hadji's had a full season of top class football before that. So, what are we talking about here? Is Rabbi Matondo really justified to be brought in? Look, it might just be a tactical decision. You might just be favouring the, the danger of the pace that Matondo's got or the, the passing ability that Hadji's got. And if that's the case, then just be honest in your press conference and say that. Hadji was honest in his and saying that he's not happy with the game time, so Bill's more than justified to go out and say, right, well, it's a tactical decision, but he's no, he's he's clamoured to other excuses. So I think that's leading me towards that it, it's, it's a bit more personal than than just a, a decision for the team. But yeah, I mean, you know where I line this. I was getting ready to come on with my big smug face, completely expecting Hadji to be starting tomorrow, but he's not even in the squad. So I was clavering for him to get a start. He got a start. I think he took his opportunity when he got it, but it's just not good enough in Michael Beale's eyes. And like I said, I was at Ibrox watching the game, and I know I understand it's against Morton, but that's only the the, the thirty five minutes that Hadji's been given this season. So what do what do you expect him to do? That that's all he's got to work with, and he completely and utterly changed the game. If there was a highlights package, he would be in every single snippet of the footage in the second half. He was outstanding. And like Lee said, he brings something different that nobody else does. That passing ability he's got. You, you lose players like Glenn Kamara and Stephen Davis. There's very few others in the team that can provide that sort of passing ability. And what's the biggest problem that Rangers have this season so far? Is Breton doing that low block? What helps stop that? Cutting through good passes. So for me, a guy that's 24 as well, I understand the selling value, but I just think he's, he's more, more value to us than keeping him than he would be to sell him. Because I don't think we'd get anything near his value anyway. Well, that's, that's the point I was going to... I'll cut a stimulus just in terms of value, because obviously we, we played a decent fee for him. Do you think we're going to just break even on him or we'll make a couple of million quid? I don't see us making a large sum of money on Yanis Hadji where we should be. No, I think, seeing less it is for sentimentality from Gareth Asserai, I don't see an outsider coming in and even breaking even what we paid for him because he's been out for over a year and he's barely played any football. So a club coming in would be like, right, well, we're not paying that amount of money because he's not played up to that value. Whereas if you keep him in and Lammers still continues to disappoint, Hadji's a direct replacement for me in that position. So if Hadji then comes on to have a good season, you're talking about a guy we could get north of £10 million for. Because you forget he's like the exact same age as Cantwell, so time is still on his side. And like I said, I think he's more suited to us value-wise than keeping him here and maybe trying to increase that value rather than letting him go for what he's he's no worth. You kind of get the, the, the vibe that Michael Beale is going with the players that he's brought in 
um, and trying to run with them. Listen, get your calls in 01416287237. The lines are open. It could be you on the, the phone next. Whether you want to talk about Yanis Hadji, you want to talk about the weekend, you want to talk about Malik Tillman potentially starting against Rangers tomorrow night. We'll take any calls. Um, you you know, get your points in. The guys are here waiting. Um, Connor, I'll come back to you. You know, just in terms of you know, wrapping up the, the Yanis Hadji talk, if we can, um, could he have could he have played a massive part tomorrow? Is it is it is it the detriment to, to the squad that he's not in it? Um, I think in some ways it is. Um, in other ways, you could make a case it's not. I think it is because he, he offers something a bit different um, at the times other players. You've seen it. Um, you know the game at the weekend when it was a wee bit stale and stagnant and we weren't necessarily our best and he came on and he did grab the bill by the horn so you could say he could do that again um, but equally we've got other players in there as, as Bill said so it's a damned if you do damned, you know, damned if you don't type of thing um, I think we might have a caller waiting we do, we do have a caller waiting I was going to let you finish your point you're trying to steal my job here Mark, <laughs> um, Alex welcome to the Rangers Rabble podcast what's your point for the guys tonight? Just wondering why Yanis Hadji's up for sale, apparently. Aye, the guys have just been talking about that there. Yeah, it's um, it's divided opinion. Uh, I think, obviously, prior to Saturday's game, most of them maybe forgot about Yanis Hadji and what sort of levels he could hit. He's come on at the weekend and put in a good shift. Lee, is, is the, the caller says there, Alex, you know, he he's sounds a bit dismayed that Yanis is up for sale. See, I'm not going to sit here and pretend, mate, that I think Yanis Hadji was good enough for us anyway. Uh, I think the way that it's kind of came about uh, is the thing that's kind of up me with it. He, before before the injury, it was heavy and consistent. Uh, we kind of even saw that. I'm pretty sure that like, one of the games at the end of last season, I think it was at Easter Road, we were all lambasting him in the chat, saying that he's not good enough, and then he goes and gets that goal. So it's that kind of effectiveness for me. That like, I think you could be missing with him as well because his numbers during the 55 season, I think, again, there was nothing like him at the club. But at the same time, that was also a couple of years ago now. So it's, it's trying it's try to find a balance, mate. Uh, why is Hadji getting sold this summer? I'll tell you exactly why, because he's no one of Beals men. And that's the reason why it is. Uh, I think I said to Ken earlier in the yeah. chat, it's, he's, he's just no one of Beals men, mate. You'll uh, die, die on that sword. If he ends up getting sacked, he'll die on that sword. Uh, Stuck with the players that he brought in, showed too much of a blind loyalty to people. And whether it's an egotistical thing that, you know, he, he can't be seen to drop the players that he's brought in after speaking about the whole summer of, oh, he's going to have this system that he's going to play. Even the end of last season, saying these are my players, wait till he sees after the summer. It might just be, might just be an egotistical thing, mate, that he can't drop them. And Hadji said it himself, doesn't agree with the manager. So, and all of a sudden, his his agents will be talking to other people. So I mean, it could be could be bills for his toys at the family, but he didn't like being questioned. Hello. Well, can I get a chance there. to talk to you? Ah, you go, mate. Come back in, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I wanted to say was I'm a second time caller. The first time I made a wee bit of a mess of things by leaving my telly on too loud. Bloody bloody blah, blah. Right? Okay. Oh, well, anyway. No, I've learnt my lesson. I'm second time round. Uh, I think he was a great player for Rangers. I don't understand why. There's obviously something going behind the scenes in here now. It's, uh, I'm not happy with it, to be honest with you. I'll say I'll, I'll address my comment to you, Robert, if you don't mind. Aye, okay, no bother. Aye, listen, I'm not happy either, to be really honest with you. Um, I'd rather Ian has stayed. If he is going to go, I'd like a, a pretty penny for him. But um, just been talking there with Lewis. I don't think we'll get that, if I'm honest, Alex. You know, um, I was hoping to see him line up tomorrow night. It's not going to happen. Um, and as the manager said today in his press conference, I don't know if you've seen it, that Yanis uh, and his agent are looking to to to, to move, maybe move him on. I do like to ask you, just on Lee's point, Lee mentioned there about Michael Beale maybe sticking with the players that he's brought in. Is that something you sit aside with? Well, to be honest, uh, I listened to the both points of view today. I listened to the Rangers, uh, Michael Beale's press conference and also the PSC press conference. There's obviously, the word revenge seems to be really hurting both, par both parties. They don't want to use the word revenge. 
But trust me, PSV will want to get us out. They will want to seriously get us out, okay? Yeah, well, and I don't think at the moment I don't think at the moment we have got the team to prevent that. Lewis, I'll come to you on that. You know, revenge has been thrown about. I said in the intro that like a woman scorned and you hell have no fury. Uh, like a woman scorned, as they oh. say. Do you think we've got the, the squad to, to go at these tomorrow night? Are you fearing the worst? Do you, do you share Alex's opinion? Um, I, I, We've got the squad. I, I don't know if we've got the... Um, I don't think we've got the style or the... The success at the minute. I mean, we've not started the season off off well in terms of talent and ability. I we've got it. We're definitely good enough to match this team. Like I said in the last pod, I don't think there's much of a discrepancy as people are making out to be. That starting eleven that PSV played the last game. There's only three new players that didn't play against us, whereas we've got about seven hundred and fifty-two. So it's it's definitely us that are, are much more changed than PSV. And like I said, squad and ability. There's no much of a difference. It's just whether we're going to gel, and it, it's really unlikely that that's going to happen tomorrow because it's such a pressure pressure game. But pressure makes diamonds, so you never know. Hopefully, it does all come together tomorrow. Alex, listen, thanks. Well, for your... We've got to move on. We've got callers waiting, but thanks. Like, call again, please do. It's good to no, have you. Don't cut me. Don't cut me off. Going to no cut me off till I make my point again. All right. Okay. Yeah. Fire away. Hi. Now, I'm just hearing about all this PSV stuff. Come on, let's get serious here, guys. We have to get through. We have to get through this game tomorrow. Two games tomorrow. Two games. Away. Sorry, home and away. And if I can't do that, then we're stuffed. And I'll tell you what, Rangers Football Club will be in trouble if we can't get through, okay? Because Michael Beale is going to get shot down He's going to be accused of signing players that, you know what I mean, but they used to us. They bloody used to us, despite the money we spent on them. Listen, Does that soon, come over crystal clear? Uh, oh, aye, crystal clear, Alec, as always. Listen, it, we'll soon find out. Part one starts tomorrow, uh, and I, I really hope you're wrong, but um, I've got a feeling you might actually be right on this one. Alex, thanks again. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Alex there, um, as uh, you're colourful as always, he gets straight to the point, he, he pulls his punches late. Um, I don't think he was happy with your hair at one point, um, but we'll save that for another day. Uh, Connor, I'll come to you because you didn't get to come in there and obviously he asked me a question um, and, and obviously, yeah, yeah, I, I really wanted to come to you on it. So do you see an Alex point in terms of revenge? Is that something that we can we can, we can can point to as a, as, a, as a main driver? Well, look, I mean... Revenge is going to be their driver. You know, well, what did, we don't need revenge, obviously. We, we've already beaten them once. We need to use that as our motivation um, to say, look, we've beat them before, we can do it again. Um, okay, we've got different players uh, in the building and they've made a couple of different signings. But but for me, I, I don't subscribe to the idea that in games like this, you should need much to, to motivate you and get you up for it. Because the, the reality is, this is a game... That could be worth what 20, 30 million pounds to the club. Um, could get your name in the in the headlines playing against some of the biggest clubs in European football. If that isn't enough to get you up for that occasion, then nothing will be. So, you know, PSG can bring their revenge. We've just got to go up there and, uh, you know, impose ourselves because we're at home. Ibrox on a European night. There's no reason why we can't get up for that game um, and get through it. And, and I don't want us to be coming out having not got through that game and making a litany of excuses for the reasons why. These players, I think, are good enough if they can get on their game um, and, as I said earlier, take their chances and, and be a bit more defensively intelligent. Defensively intelligent, I love that. Um, brilliant. That's a kind of, that's a kind of calibre of conversation you get when you get Connor on. Defensive intelligence, brilliant. Um, Lewis, Lewis, I'll come back to you, just sort of moving away from, from PSV. If we can just sort of touch on, on the weekend... So eight changes, maybe more than we thought we were going to see. Um, and Michael Bukes saying that it's a team you probably won't see again. Strange comment. No, no. Um, a bit, 
you know, see, in terms of tactically, right, I don't want to get a wee bit to into it, but for what I've seen, Michael Bale was trying to play something called the elbow tactic. I don't know if anybody's heard there, but basically what it is is you, your two fullbacks are opposite styles of play. So you've got one really offensive fullback and one really defensive fullback. But in that game, the, the offensive fullback was Dujon Sterling, who everybody in their granny knew was a defensive fullback. And the guy had one of the worst performances I've ever seen in that position. He just he could not cross the football at all. He had no creativity. And this is the worry that I'm starting to have about Michael Bewitt. He's not the only player that, that seems to be played in a position that doesn't suit his strengths. I mean, part of being a manager is... I able to develop their weaknesses, but it's to play to their strengths as well. And that was one example that it was there. And another one is John Lundstrom. And you're about to laugh because I'm about to defend John Lundstrom here. But he is not a lone six. He doesn't have the passing ability. He doesn't have the passing range. He doesn't have good enough vision to play that position. And he's been played in that position for about a year and a half. And it's about a year and a half that he's not played well. Because before that, he was one of our best players in the Europa League run. And that's because he played as an athletic box-to-box midfielder that was getting into goal-scoring positions. So you're looking at across the pitch and it's like all these guys, new guys are coming in. It is virtually impossible that every single one of them is going to be turn, turning out to be a dud. Somewhere the blame has to lie on Michael Beale's door if, if he's not getting the best out of these players. And you're hanging players out to dry when you're, you're knowingly playing them in a position that just doesn't suit them. And Dujon Sterling was a prime example of that at the weekend because he just wasn't suited for it. The, the, the question marks for me with Dujon Sterling is actually where does he fit in? Where is his best position? Now, I've been told about three or four different positions and I still don't know um, what, what, what brought this guy in for. If I'm really, really honest, Connor, it's a, it's a head scratcher. Um, is he a right back? Is he a right centre back? Um, the, you know, the list goes on. People are even saying that the weekend there was opportunity for him to play left back. So it's just, I can't see it for, 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 uh, from what I've seen already. Well, I mean, I would have to agree. I can't see it either myself. Um, I think, you know, the weekend, if, if you're not going to... The position he's in at the weekend, he's playing the tavernier role. For me, th- there is only one person who can play the tavernier role in, in, in that way, and it is tavernier. Um, you know, we, we had it with Patterson, he'd done okay, but again, he, he still didn't quite have the quality of delivery as tavernier. But at least you knew with Nathan Patterson, unlike with Sterling, that he could play in that position and give you something. Sterling feels like you're trying to fit a, um, a square peg into a round hole all the time. And listen, that's what Michael Beale's getting paid the big bucks for. You know, he's got to come up with a, a plan to fit him into the, the team because ultimately that's what we've brought him into the club for, um, is to get him game time. Problem is, who's he competing with? You know, if you're saying it right back, well, Tavernier's going to play 99% of the games that, that, that we play. The fact that he was one of the players left out was probably... A, a huge surprise to a lot of people uh, on Saturday because th- those are the kind of games he usually still plays in. Um, so for me, it's, you know, right now, I wouldn't be bringing him in to replace anybody in our back four. Um, certainly not until Michael Beale can work out where he's going to be put. Lee, do you share that sentiment in terms of, um, you know, the full back areas? And we saw, obviously, Red Van's been, been left out again due to um, injury. Uh, ben Davis has is, is, is been brought back in. Um, I dare say probably not to play at left back however he is back in the European squad is it an area of concern with Borna Barisic's contract you know finishing in the end of the campaign I think if, if he's going to uh, stick with a four at the back mate then for me the full backs he'd be placing um, there's, just, there's no other protection for them uh, in the way that Bill wants to play we've all seen it as well like, you need good full backs are able to bomb up down the pitch we need competent full backs uh, if that's the way that Bill wants to play because of how narrow we are you need that width from the full backs um, one way to kind of solve that, and I've seen care, kind of like speak about quite a lot, is going to three at the back because then that allows you the protection for the fullbacks to come in. But just we're we'll even speaking today, mate. I don't even know if he's going to bring in like another centre back because if you go three at the back, what are, what are your options? We've got Davies, who apparently Bill wants to get ready. Uh, you've got you've got Goldson, who's obviously trying to get back up to full fitness, and Sutter, who you're always worried he's going to pick up an injury. After that, you've got. Again, mate, Balligan, Balligan, who's throwing an injury himself, and you're going to King and Yufeko, the young boy, so it's, I mean, it's a position that we really, really need to strengthen in the last couple of days of the window. Because regardless of whether he goes three or three at the back or four at the back, like it's just worrying for me, mate, because he's they're talking about him dying on his sword. He's going to die on his sword if he doesn't address this issue. So I don't know how, what he's going to do with it. 
Well, we'll stick with you, Lee, because obviously you did mention the manager's comments today. He did say that um, bringing another one in didn't hinge on making the Champions League. So there's obviously there's, there's some money there to do that, whether that's uh, Glenn Kamara going off somewhere or indeed maybe the likes of, of a Ben Davies going out and another one coming in. There's no real link to any, any names anymore. The Panzo thing's gone away. We know Trusty's gone elsewhere. Um, Barry Fry pretty much laughed out the, the Ronnie Jackson links. So, so where, where's this centre-back coming from? No idea, mate. I think, obviously, the most recent one we've seen was Jake Cooper, wasn't it? Hey, Melbourne popped up the other day. Mate, I watched that Norwich game against them yesterday. If Jake Cooper's the answer, then don't know what the fuck the question is, because DDB, he was absolutely atrocious. Uh, again, like you'd, be, you'd be well sticking with Ben Davies if, you were gonna, if he's like the next best option. But then Bill, I don't know what Bill's planning because you've heard all these rumours that he wants another centre back and then he wants another Kent replacement. But then the day he's speaking about probably just one minute max coming in. So is that him trying to curtail their expectations? Is that him trying to keep the cars close to the chest? You, you genuinely never know him because I feel like when he first came in, he was too too keen to chat about transfer plans when he was obviously speaking about. I think it was what four. He was going to be in four in January and it only ended up two. I think he learned his lesson for then, uh, kind of just to kind of rein it in with transfers. So it very, very well could be, mate, because if kind of going away for the centre-backs, uh, that winger, that tricky winger, is an absolute priority for me. Bringing in Batondo to this European squad, is, that's again, if that's the answer, mate, what the hell's the question? Because for me, it kind of screams that we're treating them with far too much respect. Away from home, I can understand that because maybe you're looking to counter. But at home, we shouldn't be like looking to play on the counter. We'll just get a boy in the wing, try to you know, get us out of the park. Screams to me a game years ago where Scotland played in Germany where they sat at Kitschiania and attack and it was literally just trying to hoof it up to him at the halfway line. And fair enough, the boys scored for Scotland in that game. But we shouldn't that shouldn't be the tactics we have played at home, mate. We shouldn't be sitting back and playing on the counter against a PSV team. They've got good players, mate, but so have we. So if that's the way that we're going to line up, mate, especially uh, Ibrox, then I think it's a bit of yeah, a worrying sign for me. Is he, he used to come in in that there, Robert, talking yeah. about the you know the ranking sort of side of things with a replacement for him? You know what I can't figure out is for all the players that he's he's signed and we got some early business done, which was a positive. We were all sitting in July, you know, good early business, thinking hey, this is good signs because we've been too used to waiting, uh, you know, to the arse end before somebody comes in the door. What I can't figure out is Kent was one of your big players. You know, he's one of the main driving forces of 55. He's been a mainstay in the, the starting 11, good, bad and indifferent over a, a number of years. Why is it with 10 days to go to the transfer window that Michael Beale doesn't have in his mind a settled idea of, of where the replacement's coming from or whether that's even the position he's going to replace? For me, that should be something that he should have been figuring out a lot earlier, unless he's thought that he could play a Lammers out on that that right side, or maybe he's thought Dow or Cantwell might be able to slot in there. Because um, Matondo, for me, he's a, I think he's a decent hand to have to bring on if you need a bit of pace with a tired team. But I wouldn't say he's he's a, a ready starter yet. Um, so I, I do think that it's a bit lapsed because he was on it with the strikers. He knew we needed strikers straight away with Cholak, Morelos gone and Ruth's injury problems. He brought them in. Why is he not done the same then for the Ryan Kent position? Uh, listen, it's a great point. I'm going to come back to you that. But listen, get your calls in 01416287237. Alec can't be that much of a hard act to follow, can he? Pick up the phone, get involved. Um, Connor, is the truth being then that the reason he doesn't see it as a priority is because he's not going to play with? We're going to play very narrow. There's no real call for it. He's quite happy if Seaman Matondo come off the bench 60, 70 minutes in, and that's the way we're going to run this season. I think so. I think, I mean, it, it seems to me anyway, for what I've seen in the the opening three or four games there, that that seems to be his plan. Now, I think you're going to have to have the ability in certain games to change it. You know, you, you might have to go wide against certain teams because I tell you right now, you know, we've seen it in the commandment game, you'll see it in other games this season. If you go and you play too narrow against teams like that, it's far easier for them to, to stop you because everything's in front of them and they've got, you know, eight, nine men parked behind you. So you're, you're going to have to try and get out wide to get round them, to get balls in. You need players willing to run off defenders and take a chance because at times we've not had that. I think it was at Matondo um, on Saturday makes a great run down to the byline, cuts it across, 
perfect area across the six-yard box to face it. And we've got three players in the box standing still with statues. Not one of them has taken a gamble to go around and get it. That's what you, you need. And, you know, so I'd, I'd like to think that he believes he's got the options to change it if he needs to. I'm just not convinced from what I've seen yet that that is entirely the case. Lewis, the, the, the link to Lewis Palmer <clears throat> to resurface over the weekend, I saw a couple of pieces saying that that deal could be back on. It's not a player I know much about, however, I did spend the whole summer listening to Big Mark wax, wax lyrical about this kid and how he's going to be you know, brilliant for us if he comes in. That seemed to peter out. Um, his club, um, I, I don't know what happened with them, that they've not made Europe, I believe, from, from that. Because so the, could, the deal could be back on. Is he someone that excites you? Is he someone that you think we should be going for? Like you, know, like you said, mate, he was somebody that was um, in the same boat as Fuentes. It never really seemed to disappear for, for two or three months that he was massively linked to us. And, you know, his numbers were very good. I think it was something like 15 goal involvements in the season. And for a, a wide player, that's something that um, Rangers would cut your hand off for at the moment. Um, even under Ryan Kent, that was um, hard to come by. So, and numbers-wise, in a league that's probably of a greater su superiority to us, then uh, it's, it's definitely something not to be flustered about. But um, I think the... The, the value was was creeping up north of five million pound, and and that's a that's a big payout for Rangers. You know, even like the, the two guys we've been lambasting this podcast and Dessers and Lammers were were um, under that value. So so it's a massive massive payout, and I don't know if if Bill will be given the the opportunity to make that deal happen unless we we make Champions League. Like I said, five million pounds a lot of money, and it's a guy that. That would come in need to start and then you start looking at other problems and that is that the diamond that michael bill has been so stubborn with would have to disappear because he won't be suited for that formation or that style of play so i, I don't think it will go, it's going to happen i think it, it might lead mel towards a center back um coming in than, than a ryan kent replacement and listen i, I don't agree with that I, I personally I get slaughtered and for a lot of the, the defence that I put in Ryan Kent. You know, it's hard for, for football fans nowadays to look at underlying statistics, stuff like progressive carries and ball carries and, you know, dribble success rate and stuff like that. It's, it's, there's nobody else in the team that has that ability. You know, that, that player that's got two good feet to go and take three or four players out of the game and it opens up some space because you can pass, pass, pass for 90 minutes and get absolutely nowhere. And we've lost that one player that has that. So... I would go for the Ryan Kent replacement, but I don't think Bill will, because like I said, I think it will be too much money. I will rely on tomorrow's result, and it would need a massive um, shift in style of play. Well, yeah, I could see your face looking very puzzled there when he was rolling out the football manager chat, but I think what he was trying to say was Rangers need a ball carrier. Um, so final word to you on wide players. Uh, do you see it, it, is that Michael Bill is just going to go with what he's you know been using for pretty much start the full start of the season or can you see him changing up and going back to maybe a, a 4 3 3 with two traditional white players on touchline? I, I thought it was McGraw mate that was voting right there for a second because of all the statistics that eh mate it's whether you believe Bill and what he's saying because obviously he came out and said that he wants a Kent like replacement but I think that goes against all the values that he has and what this kind of system he wants to play. Going back to that kind of egotistical side of him I don't think he'd be willing enough to bring in a wide player because then that's him trying to compromise in the system he's trying to play. I uh, think he could have just made a point of it in the paper just to kind of appease the fans to a certain extent because we knows because he knows that we're kind of getting a get on his back already about the narrow system. And for me, like I said, if he continues to play that narrow system, mate, then it's, it's not going to work for him. So I think he needs to bring in a wide player. I think he needs to bring in a camp replacement. They are, they are prioritise it over a defender. I think I do, mate, because, again, Kerr's kind of spoke to me about how Ben Davies can flourish in a three at the back. So if that's an opportunity to see what he's like and saving a bit of money and put towards this Kent replacement, then I think we need to do it because we're too one-dimensional, mate. Uh, the fact that he's talking about Batondo and how like, he's given me something to think about, he shouldn't be giving something to think about, mate. Batondo is god-awful. Uh, and the 20-minute cameos is going to show him that. Came on against a Tyron Livingston side and... Fair enough, he might say that's his role when he comes on and stretches the team after, you know, like 20 minutes to go, and that's when he comes on. But nah, I think you need a player, a Kent style replacement for the 90 minutes, somebody who can actually stretch the game straight for the off, because we're not going to always get those situations where we can score three in the last 10 minutes. 
Listen, this is a first in Rangers Ravel 4 in history. Alec is back. Alec, you've got plenty to say tonight. What's your point again? He has returned. You can call him the boomerang. <laughs> One simple comment. One simple comment, okay? All the Rangers fans out there, if we cannot get through the PSV game, two legs, peels off. Okay? That's my point. Nothing else to say. Peels off if we can't get through these two games. Connor? Uh, just to come back to you there on that, Alec, do you know how that's a wee bit harsh? I mean, look, it's no one been... No, no I don't think it's harsh. Not after the money. No, after the money that's been spent on this team, no, the rest of it. No, I don't think it's harsh. I'm just voicing the opinion of a lot of Rangers supporters. No, listen, I, I, I absolutely, I, I don't doubt that that is the case, and uh, rightly so. You know, we've all got our frustrations right now because, as you say, the money that's been spent, um, and the players so far have still got to prove themselves. My point is that PSV, on your best day, you can lose games like that. And I'm not sitting here saying we're going to lose the game. I think that we can win the game, and I'm, I'm certainly not giving them a free pass if we do. But if you sack your manager because you lose games like that, you, you've still got four competitions regardless to go into in the season. And I just think, unless as a board you knew immediately who's coming in the door, that can cause a bit of disruption. And I feel like maybe giving them, you know, Give it a couple of months, see where we are by the maybe the international break at least. You know, but I, I don't want to get in the line saying we could have done this, we could have done that. These players are needing time to adjust and all the rest of it. Heard it all before. Seriously. Alec, Alec let, let's let, let's roll with your, your, your idea and your theory. Okay, so we get pumped out by PSV. The board pull the trigger on uh -huh. who, who gets the reins next? Do we just keep swapping managers every every twelve months? Do you, do you want me to be controversial? I do, yeah. That's why you're on. Fire away. Okay. Derek McInnes, mate. He's a good that. manager. <laughs> uh, listen, is that just off the back of his start this season or have you always liked Derek McInnes? I've always liked Derek McInnes. He's got some tan, by the way, as I know. Some bad show paddy. I see him down there on Wednesday. No, seriously. He's an ex-Rangers man that knows what he's doing. No, some London barra boy. But, I mean, but he's also an ex-Rangers man who had the opportunity to come to Rangers and decided to stay uh, up north with the sheep. Um, clearly, uh, for oh, reasons you know. So, for me, it's... That's up to him. Maybe that was personal family reasons. I don't know. But all I'm saying is, I'm seeing a great manager here, by the way. We're not going to get Stevie Clark. Because he's tied into Scotland job. Okay, Alex, listen, brilliant. Thanks again. We've got calls waiting, so we'll, we'll let you go and get your dinner or whatever it is you're doing tonight. Cheers again. Thank you. Hey, brother. Thank you. Here's Alex. Lee makes, he, you know, he doesn't pull any punches. Uh, Alex, he comes on and he, he says it how it is. Derek McInnes in by, in by you know, the, the, the back of the old firm game. Do you see it? Uh I don't really know what I say, mate. It's, I think for the very first time in this podcast, I've been less speechless. Uh, nah, mate, I know for me. One, he had his chance, didn't he? He had his chance all those years ago. And even then, that was the wrong time to game it. You don't game it now when we've won a league title, we've been to a European final. When you resort straight back to Derek McInnes, nah, mate, absolutely no for me. Please, just so, just on that, the, the bigger point here, or the bigger picture is, we've never been a club that go from manager to manager to manager to manager. That this is what worries me because we're going to we, we gave Van Bronckhurst money to spend. We, uh, he's brought players in. We've we're now given Michael Beale money to spend. He's brought players in. It's just it's dangerous. Like so, when it came to Alex McCoy, Alex McCoy, me Alan McCoy, fucking him. Uh, I mean, I'm actually stunned by that boy, <laughs> but. Uh, I think we've had 13 full-time managers in the entire history of the club. How, how many are we sitting on now? Must be about 18 or 19. That's what kind of getting away from the traditions of the club, mate, where, you know, you're, you're sacking managers for the absolute sake of it. 
just because of a few bad results. I know in the kind of day and age we live in, mate, with social media, everyone's to they jump the gun far too quickly. And some it's merited. Like obviously I do think Gio should have should have been let go after last year because there was no there was no progression at all. Uh, but we can't we can't sack Bill mate in the back here if he loses to PS3. It's obviously Alex made a good point speaking about we spent a lot of money. So they mate, so they. They're there, like you said, Bill alluded to it in the conference as well. They've brought in obviously Marat Tillman, who was arguably our best player last year, and that's just that's just squad depth for them right now. They brought in Sergio Dest the day, mate, freaking absolute quality right back. They brought in uh, the boy Ricardo Pepe. They've, they've, they've strengthened something else, mate. And then you look at the players that they've got in their squad that's Sanger boy, who's looking at going to Bayern Munich, uh, Baka Yoko, who's been linked to PSG. It's absolutely night and day, mate, compared to their squad. It's like, we, we can't we can't sell Kamara for five million. Never mind, but then they're having players that are linked to 40, 50 million. It's, it's not great, mate, if we get beat off of this team. Like, doesn't mean they're a better team in this, but it's absolutely no great every day because they've got some individual quality, mate. So, to say that he should be sacked in the back of that and then to bring in McInnes is way, way jumping the gun for me. Lewis, you said earlier that you kind of feel that we've got the personnel, but they're just playing the wrong system. I, mm-hmm. I heard you right, didn't I? You said that uh, earlier on the chat, didn't you? Uh-huh. So, do you think that's what the problem is here? It's not the fact the players he's brought in, the players he's brought in are okay, he's just not playing them right. I, well, I, I am not. I, like Connor said, you know, see that diamond system, it's, it isn't utilised a lot in football, and there's a reason for that. You need very, very good, technically gifted midfielders for that to work. And whilst I think we have good midfielders, I don't think they're of enough quality. Um, Raskin maybe in that category, but the rest of them probably no. You know, you come up against the majority, what we are going to come up against is that... Um, that that back ten most of the time is um it's so difficult to break down with it width you know you've got width it creates so much space in the pitch and our width is coming fair to you know pensioner looking uh, fullbacks at the minute so that's a problem in itself and then you look at it on the flip side we go to play PSV somebody that has width on a fence against us that's going to hurt us because our width comes for a fullback which means when they're in offensive positions a counter attack is going to hurt us so badly and i just don't think the diamond is going to work enough for the season it, it's it, it's not for me what, what i would play definitely no i think unless you're you're playing barcelona of 2008 then you should stick to having wingers and not relying too much on your, your fullbacks that are both north of 30 years of age um so I, for me, I don't think it's the right tactical tactical layout, um, and I would definitely look into changing it a bit. And do you know what? See if he wants to stick with that, and it works domestically, then that's fine. But have enough players to have a bit of tactical fluidity to change it a bit when it's not working. Because I think that's another thing about Bill. He's very, very stubborn, and he makes decisions that you think to yourself, "That's an amateur manager." You know, for example, one of the things Stephen Gerrard was was lambasted for was making substitutions at 60 minutes nearly religiously every single game. And Michael, Michael Beale does the exact same thing. That's a reactive manager. That's what defensive managers do. Attacking offensive-minded football managers, the likes of Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp, are proactive managers who make the decisions when they're needed to be made. No making the decisions when they're then forced upon you. Make them before the problem occurs. Don't make it as a solution. Listen, that's that's probably why you're getting Klopp and Pep Guardiola are, are at big clubs, and you know we've got Michael Beale at the moment. Connor, I want to bring this point up if I can find it. Um, it I'm probably going to struggle. Um, there's been that many. Uh, here we go. So, uh, Beale had a plan, went all out, and then realised it won't work, and now he wants to go back to a four-three-three, probably, but has has spent all the money. Is that something we can really go with? Is that something you can see? Is that why he is he is sort of looking or coming out strong on, on the players that he's bought? Well, I mean. Uh... I think it'll be part of it. Um, I think the other part is that you know you've got to remember that when when Steven Gerrard was the manager, Michael Beale was the brains behind that operation a lot of the time. Um, Gerrard admitted himself he wasn't much of a sort of tactical coach, um, and that that was kind of Beale's wheelhouse, if you will. And I think you know what we're seeing now um, that, that he's going to get the the shackles off him is him trying to you know take a different approach and and maybe look at. Um, a style of football that he wants to implement. The problem with that becomes that if you have bought in a certain group of players that you can't get the best out of 
from that style of football or if you're struggling in a game um, like the Gomarnik game or, or the Civet games, you've got to be willing to change it. You know, I, I've always been a big advocate um, of strike partnerships. I think some of the best Rangers teams I've ever seen had phenomenal strike partnerships, whether it was Pusso and Novo, Miller and Boyd, Miller and Yelovich, McCoyst and Haitley, um, you know, and those brought us brilliant periods of success. For me, I'd like, if he was going to try and tweak and do changes, I'd like to see him try that again because I cannot for the life of me work out why Sam Lammer seems to be playing as a wide player, but he was brought in as a, a sort of central striker. That doesn't make sense to me. So, and that's part, maybe part of the reason why he's struggling as well because he's being played out of position. So maybe, you know, change, go with a two up front, put Dessels and Lammers together and, and see what they can do. I'm not saying that that's the way forward in every game, but at some point he's got to try it because you've got to get the best out of the players you've got. And that comes down to what kind of system you're going to play a lot of the time. Lee, I just want to come to you. You know, we're on the home stretch here. 01416287237. If you want to get uh, one final call in. A lot of plus four fouring around the comments. Maybe we're going to get an international call. Who knows? Um, Lee, just on you, just on the on the League Cup, obviously getting through. We know there was a result on Sunday that maybe opens that trophy up for us. Um, does that add a bit more pressure in the fact that, you know, we shouldn't really be getting beaten any of the ties that we're going to pick up now in the end of that competition? We shouldn't be really getting beat regardless, mate. Uh, I understand the sentiment uh, and the joy that kind of comes with them getting beat yesterday, but the priority and the focus is always on us. We should never be getting beat regardless. Uh, does it add a bit more pressure? Well, it probably does in the fact that he should win it now, mate. Like that one, I'm pretty sure Will alluded to it as well last night. So one obstacle that is like valid, to be honest, if there was one that's now gone. Uh, I think the draw, even just the draw itself, set up perfectly for us, mate. Obviously, another home tie. Uh, hearts away to Kelly in that pitch. Kind of, kind of good chance to knock out one of our other probably main rivals for it now, outside Aberdeen. The draw couldn't be any more perfect for us, mate, because then you take away that pitch advantage when you get to Hamden. And the bigger pitch, we should flourish in that. So, well, yeah, I'm going to have to interrupt you there because we have got a caller on the line. Looks like it's going to be a, a, a lovely close to the show. Paul from Holland is waiting. Paul, welcome to the Rangers Rabble. What's made you phone tonight? Hello. Um, I saw you talking. I was like, I want to join in. Um, ask anything about PSV you want. Um, and I'll tell it. I'll tell it. Go on, ask him, ask him, ask him about PSVs. He's, he's going to give us a, a an inside track. Uh, okay. Um, well, let me ask you this then, Paul. What would be the biggest mm -hmm. threat uh, to Rangers for PSV then getting into the game tomorrow? You know, are they going to be stubborn defensively? Are they going to be all out in our faces mm -hmm. coming forward? What's what's that biggest threat going to be? Yeah, I think the biggest difference is um, compared to last year, we had Ruben Estroy, of course, and everybody thought he was like a, a trainer. He was a big guy. He was a great striker, of course. But as a trainer, he just wasn't it for PSV. It was his first year, actually first couple of games, and he played defensively. He, he didn't know what to do yet. And now we have played boss. And I think you guys played him a couple of times with Leverkusen and Lyon. Um, didn't at well for Rangers, <laughs> um, but he turned the squad around, and now we're like attacking, attacking, attacking. And last year, especially in the home game for PSC in Eindhoven, we didn't know what to do. It was like, do we defend? Do we go full attacking? And now there's one, just one thing: we go attacking with Noah Long in the wings, our new uh, uh, left winger. He has quality so far. He he actually destroyed two opponents on his own when we struggled a bit and he made a difference. So our wings are really fast and have pace. The threats for PSV and the thing Rangers will have to use is our defense. It's still very weak, but we try to hide that by attacking and not letting the defense do a lot. I think that's the picture here. Paul, can, can we just ask you, you know, how, how do they sort of shape up defensively? Is there, is there anything sort of Rangers mm -hmm. can get at here? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I think Tillman took the ball off Romalio um, in the home game, um, and he's still there. And PSV fans don't like him. 
not even a bit because he makes those mistakes a lot. So I think the Rangers will have to use Romario. Um, if you put him under pressure, you can get the ball of him. Tillman did that last year. Of course, he's a PSV now. But if another player, if you can put a Romario under pressure, I think that's our weakest point essentially. Just on, just on Malik Tillman then. Um, you know, a player mm-hmm. that Rangers tried to maybe keep coming into this season. Unfortunate, um, Bayern wanting him back. You've been um, fortunate to get him in. Delighted with that signing, Paul. Was that someone you, you, you'd been you'd been impressed with during the, the games against Rangers last season? Um, he didn't particularly impress me. Of course, his pressing was good, but he didn't particularly impress me. But I heard he had a good season after that. Um, PSV fans are not over the moon with Tillman yet because he didn't prove himself yet at high level. Uh, actually, the transfers we had this year are like we had Noah Lang from um, Br- from Brugge. He had a great couple of years there, and he could go to Milan, and we got him. We had Schouten from Bologna. He was like 15 million, um, and we got him to Eindhoven. And Tillman was not a big target. We first wanted the Ketelaren. We went to Milan last year, but we couldn't get him, so we went to Tillman. Um, so the PC fans are not particularly impressed yet, and me neither, but he will have to prove himself. I don't think he'll play either of two games. He's not fully fit yet, and we have another 10. Um, but we're not impressed yet, but he will have to uh, prove himself. All right, listen, Paul, it's brilliant that you, you've called in, by the way. I'll just get a, another question for you. I'll, I'll ask you the flip question that Connor mm-hmm. asked. Um, so, in terms of the Rangers squad, is there, is there anybody that, that PSV has a bit of a fear about? Anybody that you're, you're worried to come up against? Mm, I think one guy stands out in particular, and that's Tessers. Um, he was a fine note um, when they had a really good year. And he scored, I think, two goals against us. He was really good at Feyenoord. Uh, I, I lost track of him when he left Feyenoord. I think he went to Italy. Um, I don't know how he did there. I know you can tell me how he did there. But, um, yeah, he, is a, he has pace. He can, he can finish. He will be a threat, especially to Romario, who's not that fast. Um, so I think him. And I heard good things about Cantwell. Um, but... I, I don't know about Cantwell good enough uh, to um, say anything about that. But I think that's just the answer. So I've got a question for you as well, mate. Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh... That's okay. Mm-hmm. So see how Rangers play, obviously, this kind of narrow system. And I've seen a few kind of predictions online that say PSV, especially this year, have prioritised more like wing play. Do you see that as a big advantage going into yeah. this game? Because obviously, I think for the start of the season, we've kind of been a bit nervous about our fullbacks and how potentially they can line up for this game. So do you think that's something that PSV will get to exploit? Um, yes, definitely. Um, last, uh, the previous year, we had Kakpo, of course, on the back, and Madueke. They both went away. But I don't think Finistro used them on their full potential. Um, like I said, the previous years, like three, the last three years, we weren't... The coaches weren't Optimal for PSV. Finistroy uh, played like semi-attacking football in, in our league. We can win against every, everyone against I can find out like in two fingers in the nose. But uh, the attacking wasn't good or didn't have a real plan. But now we do have that plan. At least as far as the year we do. Uh, we use the wingers. Noah Lang and Bakayoko. They're both very pacey and good. Um, we try to but Veman, I don't know if you know Veman. Uh, he, he just throws the pass to the to the wingers. He get he, he gets the ball. He passes to the wingers. Sometimes uh, through the middle. Sometimes just wide, and the wingers make a uh, try to get the ball to Luke Young. We use the wingers a lot, and that's the priority of our game right now. Paul, just before we let you go, can you give us a prediction for just for tomorrow night, the first leg? How do you see it panning out? Um. Well. I was cocky before, and I said 1-4, but it's, of course, it's Ibrox. Um, so I think I think we will win, but it will be 1-2, uh, 1-2 one, two, one, two And we will, I think we'll uh, get a better at home, 2-0 at home. But of course, that's, that's, I think everyone in the Netherlands is like this, like it will be not too hard. But last year, you proved us wrong, and 
I can be that cocky that I think I think we will have a, a good time. Well, Paul, listen, we're on again next Monday night. If you if you want to jump on and speak to us again before the second leg, we'd love to have you on. Thanks for calling again tonight. Cheers, mate. Yeah, I'll be there. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. The Rangers rabble has gone on to the continent. There's no stopping us now. Um, next call, India, Australia, USA. Get them in. Um, lads, listen, That's we've ran over. We're in overtime, so um, it's been, it's been a, a good show. Uh, Ian's called twice. We've finished in... In Holland, um, it's been it's been eventful. Connor, brilliant first show. Thanks for having us. Uh, thanks for coming on. Sorry, uh, Lee, great to have you back as always. Uh, and Lewis, diamond performance as well. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Listen, like, subscribe as as always. Uh, we're back tomorrow for all your build up, all your reaction. Um, and I'm being told the poll results. The poll results. Where are the poll results? Where are they? I can't find them, so someone's going to have to help me. This is my age showing here. I can't even remember the question. What was it, Hadji? Uh, was it Hadji leaving? 80%. 80% are saying he's down the road. So um, thanks to all uh, Martin's family for voting. Um, <laughs> we will see you tomorrow night for the, uh, the build-up and the reaction. Looking forward to it, guys. Cheers. Thanks very much. Podcast Network.